I'm Troy Washington from KTBS3 and we welcome you to Education Checkup. We look forward to sharing the positives and the challenges of our local schools. We will talk with education leaders, teachers, and community leaders, letting our community know what is happening and talking about ideas to share between schools and our community. We will have new episodes every Monday and you can find KTBS Education Checkup wherever you listen to podcasts. Let me introduce to you my co-host, Dr. Philip Roseman. Dr. Roseman, a lot of people know you in healthcare, but you've been heavily involved with education for at least 25 years. So kind of tell us why you feel like education is so pivotal. And for you, it changed your life as well, right? Yes, ma'am. You know, education creates opportunity. And to me, there's an American dream, and I think it's real because I've seen it for myself. I've seen it for others. I've seen it for my children. And hopefully, for our grandchildren and our next generations. Um, they, uh, early in my career, I began to realize that healthcare and education are very similar. Uh, they both deal with individual choices, individual children, everybody's different. Um, and so we learn a lot in my early years in, in Willis-Knighton, I was a leadership on performance improvement. Uh, and we could take some of the things that we learned there and maybe apply them as it relates to school improvement. And that became something that I became greatly interested in. And as I got deeper and deeper into it, you know, just seeing what could be done and what was being done in our community. Um, the, uh, when education checkup idea came along, um, you know, I was overjoyed really because it was one of my dreams to be able to be able to talk about some of the positive things that are going on, some of the challenges in our schools. Um, and to be able to share that uh, with others. We often get involved with all the negative things and today we'll be talking about school security so we will talk a little bit about that but also some of the good things that are going on in our schools and how we're dealing with it. Um, education Checkup is going to run the gamut. It's going to go from early childhood education to college to medical school and we're looking forward to all that over the year. Today we're going to really have a topic and I think it's important to everybody. Especially and parents. Absolutely. This is a time when uh, the topic of school security uh, is go front and center uh, in a lot of ways with what's happened at Uvalde and what's happened at other schools. And so we're thrilled today to have both of you, okay, Glad to be, to be with you. us. Uh, we, uh, Roy, uh, you've been uh, doing this for a long time, I think 25, 26 years, maybe more. Uh, you're, you've been working in the school system as director of security for all that time and also, you know, have been a consultant, I think, in some of these other things that you can give us some uh, of what you've learned and what you pass on to other school districts also in that role. Um, your instructor years at uh, school resource officer training, what does that mean? And we're really happy to have you here today, uh, all to dressed here. up and ready to go. <laughs> um, uh, uh, know you are uh, the school resource officer at BIRD. Yes, sir. Uh, and can be able to share some of the things that are going on on the ground in our community, I think that people really w would love to hear. Yes, sir. And so thank you both for being here. So I'm gonna open it up with kind of a overall question uh, basically what do we need to concentrate on in school security what is it that are the key items of interest as y'all are keeping our, our kids safe in our schools 
Well, Dr. Roseman, you know, for a lot of years I've talked about the things that you do to make schools safe. And really it kind of boils down to about two things, really. If you can control who comes and goes on your school campuses, and you can supervise the people that are on your school campuses, then you can pretty much keep schools as safe as you possibly can. But if you can't do one of those things, or if you can't do either of those things, then you can't keep any school safe. So pretty much in Caddo, what we've tried to concentrate on for the last 25 years is to find ways to control who comes and goes on our campuses and to better supervise the people that are on our campuses. What, um, you know, after the Uvalde incident, there was a lot of talk about physical security. I think sure. one of those areas you talked about was controlling who gets on the campus or who gets in the school. Can you talk a little bit about the issues of physical security, especially in a, a district where the schools are relatively older schools, right. uh, older buildings, uh, not necessarily made for sure. uh, 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 modern day, and, um, and security in that regard, and what you're doing as far as dealing with that issue of how to keep the wrong people off the campus. Sure. Let me say first, too, you know, the Uvalde incident that's been in the limelight, it's been the focus all summer. But what we have to do is we have to look at all of these incidents that happen, Uvalde, Sandy Hook, whatever the incidents are, and try to learn something from them. And one of the things that we learned from Uvalde was access control. It failed in the Uvalde situation. So we're very fortunate that the voters in Kettle Parish probably 2019, I believe, passed a bond issue where security benefited from that, which allows us to go in with these schools that the average age of our schools is about 70 years old. None of them built with security in mind. And the national standard is to create single entry point schools. And so what we've tried to do with this bond money over the last four years is to turn 70-year-old schools into single entry point schools. Now, I'll be the first one to tell you, sometimes it's not the most attractive thing because we have to use fencing and different things like that. But we've closed in breezeways that were once open breezeways, added doorways, uh, added access control devices to the school. Bird, for an example, is every outside door at Bird has access control on it. Uh, so those are some of the things that we're trying to do. But along with physical security, you have to have a plan on how you're going to use your physical security. You know, and one of the things that I tell people, I spoke at a safe school summit in Baton Rouge last month, I believe it was, and had a small district say, we don't have all that money. How are we going to do it? Well, there's not a school in the state of Louisiana that's not built with access control. It's called a lock. And so what we have to do is we have to lock the doors that we can lock and still operate as a school. Teachers need to be able to teach with their classroom doors locked. That's just one more level of security if someone were to get into the building. So those are the things along with adding physical security that we're talking with them about is how to use your physical security. Over the years we've added IP camera systems to the school district. We have over 6,000 cameras throughout the district. But cameras are a reactive thing. They're, they provide us good evidence of something that may have happened, but it's very few schools that have it set up to where you can monitor every camera in the school all the time. So access control is a primary function of, that we're trying to accomplish in all of the schools. And so we've added access control in about 60% of our schools and we'll continue on for the next six years until we get it all completed. I know when um, I was in school, resource officers, they were 
kind of an optional concept and now it's become more mandatory. Like at each campus, do you guys have resource officers at each campus? Is that like mandatory now? Or? Well, <clears throat> what we did, and it again, it was one of those things where we learned from something that happened to someone else. And Sandy Hook is what brought that up. Mm -hmm. You know, we had for a long time, we started with SROs and only our high schools, and we moved to middle schools by adding police officers working in the middle schools. But after Sandy Hook, which was probably the first really bad incident to happen to an elementary school, that we'd never seen that before, where 21 first graders are shot and killed. You know, it became apparent that if we felt like police officers on school campuses made schools safer, then how could we say we couldn't put a police officer on an elementary campus? Let's talk about that, and uh, uh, Deputy, the connection between um, what's going on in a community and what's going on in school is obviously like this. Mm -hmm. So what do you see as in your role in the school, okay, uh, and any thing that's going on in school and what's happening in our community? What do you, what do you see the connections there and what, you know, how can what happens in the school uh, in any way, um, um, it, what happens in the school be a way of a bellwether of being able to tell us what do we need to be looking at in the community? I mean, I think the first thing would be good to, you know, listen to the kid. A lot of kids don't seem like or don't feel like at home they have a voice or anything like that. So listening is a real good one. Um, building a relationship with them because it's some students there who who feel free to just talk to me about stuff. It could be stuff at school, stuff at home, just, just stuff. And if I could help them, then yeah, I'll do anything I could to help them. So um, a lot of things could be solved by just kind of listening and being involved. You know, I, when I was in school, uh, we would have uh, people in school that were uh, security people in the school. Mm -hmm. And it was that. I mean, there was something about having a school resource officer of that in that range that listened uh, and did you know all the, it, it was you know them able to listen and kind of become friends mm. a lot of times with some of the kids that had trouble with keeping friends right you know that those became friends. do you think uh, uh, do you see overflow of what happens in the community in the schools? In other words, are you are gang activities and those kind of things are those uh, an issue at all? To a certain degree, uh, I can only speak for my school um, because I'm here and I know the kids, and um, I don't know so much what they do outside of school. But I know when they come on campus, they're it's like suit and tie there you know they're trying to do the right mm -hmm. thing and um you know it's been times where i have to get on them like a parent sometimes and some of them needs that um sometimes where i literally grab a kid and be like hey pull them off to the side talk to them a little bit because um some of these kids they they like to put on uh, a front or they like to put on a show when they have a, a audience around so um, other kids record stuff so if I could take a kid out of a situation to help him see the whole situation then you know I'm, I'm willing to do you know stuff like that and it sounds like a lot of those kids like they just want that guidance and so like you're explaining what's going on in the community or what's going on outside of those school doors 
you kind of mediate those things. You recognize them, and you say, "Hey, no, get back on this track." <laughs> yeah, yeah, to to a certain to a certain degree, and uh, I think it really helps me because. Um, not only do they know I'm there for that reason, but at the same time, they know I take a bullet for everybody at that school. Um, because, you know, not only do I want to see them succeed in life, but hey, living, you have to you have to live to succeed in life. So I'll do anything I could to keep them safe. And, you know, that's kind of what I'm there for. You know, I had somebody tell me the other day that they thought that what happens on social media is what happens and the next day in school, mm -hmm. and, and I, I thought about it. You know, some of the incidences that we find, you know, in a school are happening the first thing in the morning, and nothing's happened in the right. first thing in the morning. Right. The schools are barely awake, but something happened that night mm -hmm. uh, right. with social media. Can you talk a little bit about um, that? Is that a real issue, or is that just something that? Well, social media has, you know. We heard about bullying for so long, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, before social media, bullying was a one-on-one, -on -one, maybe two-on-one -on -one type incident. Now with social media, bullying can be a hundred people talking about one person mm -hmm. and creating a problem for that one person or for that school. We've had a number of threats made against schools by the use of social media. For whatever reason, kids think that when they say things on social media that they can say those things and nobody's going to be able to find out but we've been very successful with working with the sheriff's office and different police agencies on tracking down threats and that type of thing so social media becomes a problem for us when you're making threats on it when it's being used for bullying purposes uh, you know just you know there's a lot of anger a lot of times on social media mm -hmm. that leads to problems on the school campus. Now, there's positive uses of social media that we've seen. I mean, and we've actually had parents, you know, that see something on social media that's a concern that they give us a call and let us know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so those type of things are good. We've had great positive stories done on social media about different schools, and that's all great. But it does have its problem areas on the school campuses. Yeah, yeah. Big, big time. Yeah, a lot of issues at school start at social media. Um, and if, you know, some kind of way parents can monitor, you know, what they do on social media, who they're talking to, um, because the internet is a scary world, you know, especially for a parent who um, really doesn't have control of their kid. Their kid just goes off and do whatever they want to. It's kind of hard to reel that kid back in at this point because it's kind of so far deep into it. Now my prayer would be that we'd never face this thing like this, like what happened in Uvalde and, and right. Sandy Hook and other places right. here. And I know y'all do everything you can to, to try to prevent that. What are the things that you do specifically to try to mitigate or reduce the chances of having any kind of event like that? What? Well, I think, you know, there's no one size is going to fit all and there's no one step solution to any of it. I think it's a series of things. I think the physical security adds to it, but I also think that we don't think about the training that we need to offer students, that we need to offer teachers and staff members on school campuses. Probably one of the biggest things I think that schools lack is situational awareness is, you know, Deputy Porter when he's in the academy, they trained him to be situationally aware. All the police officers and deputies that work the streets in Caddo Parish 
they're situationally aware. The military trains situational <laughs> awareness to understand when something's not normal. And not only to understand when something's not normal, but to do something about it and to have a step that you need to follow. And so what we've done is through training is we're training situational awareness. In fact, October the 1st, which is a Saturday, I'll be doing a three-hour situational awareness course for teachers. And the Sheriff's Department is involved in the training. And right now, it's been out for two weeks and we have 75 people signed up for the training. So there is a need and teachers see a need for it. I just think that, you know, with all the things that are mandated training-wise by the state of Louisiana for educational purposes and different things like that, it's just finding the time to train. Mm -hmm. Now the state does require that we do drills, but drills are not training. Drills basically test your training. And so we have to be able to train people and I think that's the biggest thing that we have to get better at. We have to get better in our training, although we're doing a lot of things with situational awareness as far as scenario-based training. We have a Navigate 360 program in our schools that every school has a part of it, and it has probably 30 different scenarios. And the superintendent has directed all schools to use those scenarios during their faculty meetings. And that's to put a teacher in a controlled atmosphere under a little bit of pressure, what are you going to do in this situation? Mm -hmm. And it could be anything. It doesn't, not everything is an active shooter. I mean, they're going to deal with bullying episodes. They're going to deal with minor fights, right. verbal altercations, mm -hmm. non-custodial parents, all of those things before you would probably ever deal with an right. active shooter. But the active shooter is what drives all of this. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what we have to do is we have to make sure that our training for our teachers and faculty is well-rounded. And what we have in Kettle Parish is a crisis response plan that's an all hazards plan, and which is a NIMS compliant, which they say is the national standard that we're supposed to have. So what we have to do is find more ways and better ways to train. And um, tell me how the, the school system works with the sheriff's department or the police department. Uh, are y'all the in between that? Uh, you know, how do y'all work together? How do you work together in, in this area of social I did, You know, I just can't. I can't say enough about our law enforcement partners. Uh, the sheriff, the chief of police, every chief of police that I've worked with, every sheriff that I've worked with, have all taken school safety and school security very seriously. Uh, all the patrol deputies at the sheriff's office, and I believe all patrol deputies at the city of Shreveport have all trained an active shooter, have all trained in our schools, and we've done probably three large-scale uh, exercises of law enforcement, fire department, different people like that working on uh, active shooter cases in the school. So, and you know, they're always there for us. I mean, it's like I said, when we get social media threats, I mean, um, the sheriff's office, the police department, they track those down. They take every threat seriously, uh, you know, and. Most of the time, I'm going to say that the threat is not a serious threat, but we take every threat seriously. Law enforcement works with us, and as far as information sharing, the thing about having an SRO on every campus mm -hmm. is we know what happened in that neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And you know, Deputy Porter talked about it a little bit. You know, it, neighborhood problems don't stop at the school door. Yeah. Every one of our schools sit in a neighborhood. There's very few Herndons in this world. Herndon's the only school I've got in Cattle Parish that has nothing around it but a cotton field. <laughs> and 
everybody else sits in a neighborhood somewhere. And so if there are problems in the neighborhood involving kids that go to that school, we have to be aware of that. And having Deputy Porter and SROs like Deputy Porter that's aware of the things that went on in the neighborhood, it gives them the ability to be able to head things off at the beginning of the day. Right. And it sounded like, Deputy Porter, you've done other things in the neighborhood before going into the school, so your background isn't just you know, SRO. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I worked at the jail a few years, uh, been on patrol, um, been a member of the SWAT team, uh, our SRO, um, I'm sorry, um, SRT team. So, you know, I'm I'm new to the SRO world, but I'm not unfamiliar with the whole law enforcement part of it. Yeah, you bring all those tools to the school and then those all are combined. So right. that adds that extra layer of just feeling supported and being able to be a little more at ease. So I know that helps parents as well. Right. right. Yeah, as we close, let me ask a couple of more questions. Mm -hmm. um, uh, first, um, what do you want to leave? What uh, do you want to leave a message related to the community about school safety? Sure. Sure. I think the message I want to give is that we take school safety seriously right. and the, we've been, I've been very fortunate as a director of security in Kettle Parish. I've always had a school board and I've always had superintendents that take it very seriously and they basically you know put the money where their mouth is and I mean the last year including ESSER funding and grant funding we spent almost 10 million dollars on school security and they put police officers on every campus because they believe police officers make schools safer. So I think the thing, the message I want to send is that we do take it seriously, but it's a, it's, we don't stop learning. And we see things that go on around the country and we're going to look at what went on around in Uvalde. We're going to mm -hmm. look at that. We're going to see could it have happened here. If it could have happened here, what can we change? What right. can we do differently that would maybe change that result? Right. You know, a lot of times we think about all these different things that we've done with school safety, but I think what you said earlier about situational awareness and about uh, training people to know what to do in these circumstances, maybe we don't spend as much time and money doing that as we can. That, that, that is the issue. It's people. It is. They're going to make a place safe. What, what about, what do you want to leave as a message, both of you, mm -hmm. uh, to the parents? Uh, of the community about child's, their child safety right. and, um, and what they want to do. Mainly I would focus on um, teaching your child accountability. Um, it kind of all starts with, you know, if a kid knows they're going to do something that may cause this or whatever the case may be, they need to see the, uh, or know the outcome before they even, you know, think about it. Um, Man, it's, it's, it's a lot parents can do. Get involved more in your uh, kid's life. Don't just let them go sit in a room or go run the streets or do anything like that. Actually be involved. That way, if they're off a little bit, like, and you, you can recognize that, like, hey, you know, come here, let's, let's talk. Let's go do something together. That way that kid might be able to open up to you and, oh, and go get some help or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, I, I, I truly think it starts, you know, at home. Um, you know, having both your parents on you, <laughs> grilling you, because I mean, I, we all kind of been parented before, or I, I don't know, it's just a lot that parents can do. And having a, a mother and a father in your home is, is kind of big time. 
or just having a good influence. Exactly. Someone somebody, influence. somebody very positive and willing to, to help you succeed and is willing to do anything to help you succeed. You know, I, that's school is a place for that when it's not available at the home. I mean, Correct. you know, teachers, uh, school resource officers, like people who maintain the building, all the people. Uh, in the school right. uh, can have a huge impact on a child mm -hmm. uh, just by doing the things that you're talking about here today. Um, uh, but as, but, yeah, as he mentioned, parents, they are needed. Like yeah. your attention, your routine, just your support. Right. You guys are handling things on the front part of safety, mm -hmm. but that support is needed as well because it's a team effort. Right. Absolutely. Listen, it's been a great conversation, and mm -hmm. we learned a lot. We did. Uh, and I know the people who watch this are going to learn a lot and feel better uh, about the safety, I think, that we have in our schools and people that are working every day to make it more safe for, for everybody. Right. Uh, so we're thankful. Know yeah. that we're thankful uh, as a community uh, for what you do and lot. appreciate what, what, what you've been doing uh, uh, in our schools. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and you. I think what you were saying is you want children to think before they do. Right. right. <laughs> That's what my mom used to always right. say, think before you do. So right. we'll leave it on that note. <laughs> we'll have new episodes every Monday, and you can find KTBS Education Checkup wherever you listen to podcasts.